the story is strange because it's actually a lot like our own. We have certain expectations for our lives, and then plans change. Tragedy strikes. And disappointment comes knocking. And we don't recognize the miracle when we're in the middle of it. Just like Joseph. Joseph's story is there is, gives, gives us a glimpse of the way in the manger. But first we have to see his story for what it really is. We are witnessing the death of Joseph's dream for the beginning of God's dream. Away in a manger, no crib for a bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head, the stars in the bright sky looked down where he laid. You know the song. In there it's got no crying he makes. How many think that he was a non-crier? <laughs> Come on, he was the perfect kid. You think he cried? Yes. Why do I know that? Because the angel said he would be God with us. He cried because we cry. He knew real suffering because he would participate in ours. And he is God with us in our disappointments, in our end of our dream, in the unexpected changes of life. They call him Emmanuel, but Joseph called him Jesus. They know that the incarnation represents God joining himself to all humanity, but Joseph knows that God will save us because he has become one with us. And this is a strange and unexpected development. Imagine a lifeguard saving a drowning swimmer by drowning with them. Imagine a doctor bringing healing to a cancer patient by joining them in their chemo. Imagine a king ending war by dying on the battlefield. Wouldn't that be a strange way to save the world? But Joseph knows Emmanuel, God with us, is Jesus, the God who saves us. Because he knows God is present in the death of his dream. Let me say that again. He knows this because God is present in the death of his dream. 
Now I'm going to meddle a little bit. I don't know about you, but I, I've had a few dreams die. They're not fun, are they? If you're not careful, you'll stay in that death. And it's so easy to put yourself there. Because everything screams the whole opposite way of God's presence. It screams and says he isn't there. That he doesn't belong there. That there's no way he can turn things around. Joseph never saw it coming. We have the luxury of looking at Scripture and go, oh, yeah, he, he, he's the father of the son of God. He's cool. He got to see, you know, you know, he got to f- experience this miracle that's happening in his wife-to-be. But he had to deal with the shame, all the th- people talking, the fact that his wife all of a sudden got pregnant. The dream of having this life that was supposed to line up this way no longer lives up to that calling. And Joseph gets the strange calling to save the Savior. Joseph puts aside his own expectations to make room for the God who is willing, who is being born into Joseph's life. Let me ask you this. As your dream is dying, are you willing to save Jesus that's being born into your life? Well, he's already born. But there's something that God desires to do in and through your world through the death of your own expectations of what you think it should look like. Because he's got a greater perspective than you will ever have. Remember what I said? He's the God of not just tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that day when I can get to heaven and see my mom and my dad and all of those things. But he is more than a God of tomorrow. Well, he hasn't shown up today because, man, my pocketbook is pretty empty. My ability to think that I'm going to have a job for a long period of time is, is eating away at me. more than the God of just your provision. And as we look to the past, oh yeah, I, I knew God did that and the other thing, but you know what? That was then. This is now. Church, sometimes we have to let go in order to let God. We talk, we want, 
We plead, we beg, we pray, we want to see God move by his power and his anointing and we want him to sweep through the land and cause a revival. Yet if that caused the death of your dream, are you still willing, willing and wanting to pray it? Are you still able to go, okay God, I'll surrender me for you. Be careful. It's very easy in this moment to go, yeah, I could do that. But when you're in the midst of the death of your dream, it's not so fun. I remember a few years ago when we first had the prophecy of the burning ones. And we had... Our, our apostolic father speak from this pulpit and he said, how many of you are ready to give up your dreams for this prophecy? And there was hooping and hollering all across this room. Funny thing is, some of those people are no longer here. The same people that said, yes, bring it on, are no longer here. Now, I don't want this to be a downer, but I'm trying to make a point. I want us to understand that when we say yes to God, we're also bringing a sacrifice. We're saying, God, yes to you. And what you want to do is far more important than anything I could ever have. What you could do is far more than I could ever dream. There has to be not only a sacrifice, but a willingness to surrender. And in the midst of that, of that place, God is present. You know what, I want you to know that as a, as a pastor, it is very difficult to see what has transpired over the last two or three years in this place. Even the people that have been here since the beginning and are long, no longer here, and I, I see... Uh, Martha, I'm going to use you a little bit, so please forgive me. But I know tears are coming to your eyes. Because I know the sacrifice has been big. And as a pastor, a lot of times you don't see the turmoil inside of our hearts. Because we can't create camps or problems we have to just love and believe and to hope and so our hearts grieve too because I never would have thought that the, that dream would, would cause a sacrifice of people 
Is God still able to deliver that which has been lost? Yes. 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 Because you know what? In the midst of death, it's no fun unless there is hope. (laughs) Even at the funeral yesterday, there's a celebration because there is hope. Christians have it. We say we have it, but in the midst of death, are we willing to live there? It's hard to see a loved one leave this earth unexpectedly or expectedly. But one of the greatest things is being able to be at that bedside and know that, you know what, this is just see you later. Because in death there is life. I don't know. I'm, I'm way off my... I knew it would take a miracle to keep me... I'm going here. <laughs> Is there a way in the manger for you? Is there really a way to have peace in this lifetime? Is there a way forward for you in the midst of a relationship breakdown or a job that's not quite meeting the needs or an unexpected loss. Now let's look at Mary's account and I'll try to be a little bit more brief. In those days, Caesar Augustus, when all the world should be registered, Luke 2 It was the first registration when Sirius was governor of Syria, and they went to be registered, each one to his own town. And Joseph also went up for Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was at the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. What does peace on earth really mean? How do we get it? And is it something still coming? Or is it something that's already here? And if it's here, how do we get it? Then the, when the angels of the, went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us, and went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they had made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. 
And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God, for they all had heard and seen as it had been told. Mary was the first person to enjoy peace on earth because she treasures all these things in her heart. Some people have an external faith. They are waiting for God to rescue them from the outside in. And God will eventually do this too, but because Christ was formed inside Mary, Mary was able to contemplate what was taking place all around her and receive the meaning of all these things inside her own heart. When you look at the baby... What do you see? Do you see the person who will grow up to offer salvation? Or do you see the baby that is your salvation? Do you see a token used to validate what you already believe about God? Or are you willing to let God surpass and confound your expectations? Are you willing to consider that the miracle that was born into contradiction... And is it possible that you won't feel peace until you hide this truth inside your heart? How, this is how the baby brings peace on earth. When people see the child for who he is. They rejoice for God is with us to save. This is how God saves the world. He becomes what he saves. That which he does not assume, he does not save, says Antithius. What kind of baby are you believing in? One that will grow up to do something for you? Or a Christ child who's already saved you? I bear to say that sometimes we get caught in the grasp of waiting for salvation to take place. And when it doesn't happen, then disappointment starts knocking again at the door. Because he didn't do it the way we thought it was going to happen. Jesus is the savior of the world. He's not just a pain reliever and a victory symbol and a one day soon things will be all right. Things are already right. Even in the midst of contradiction, things are already right. Please hear me. When in the midst of disappointment, when it comes knocking and says, this is what's happening, we all in faith have to be able to say, it is well with my soul.
Your feelings are great at certain things, but they are lousy leaders. Because it can lead you down some path that, quite frankly, you don't need to walk down because guess what? It is already well with your soul. What is going to grip us as we get into 2020? A savior who will hopefully change things and make things right? Now, please hear me. I'm going to make a little bit of fun here. Sometimes as Christians, we think that we have to pray certain things in order for certain things to happen. We should pray for our leaders. But if we are praying for God to get a hold of Justin Trudeau's soul, in order for that the world to be made right or Canada to be made right, (laughs) you are waiting for a baby to fix things for you. Guess what? The baby has already fixed things. God is not at all shocked at what's happening in Ottawa. God's not shocked what's happening in Saskatchewan. God's not shocked at what's happening in Warman. Because it's not about him fixing things. It's about what he's doing in and through you because he has fixed you. He has fixed you. That his hope is birthed in your heart and life in the midst of contradiction so that you can live out the Christian walk. So that by the By faith, you can say to the sacrifice that has been given, you know what? I believe for hope for that which has been lost. I believe for the victory over my finances, even though I may not have it. I can believe for my marriage, even though it feels like it's in the rocks. Church, if we don't go there, we will never experience the victory that has been won. In the midst of the place of where we are at today, Are you hearing the baby cry? A crying baby. Creating peace. Uh, That movie, uh, I wouldn't show, um, sit down as a family to watch it. But the point here is that maybe you'd want to, as adults, to look at this movie in a different light. It's called The Children of Men. 
and setting it up is the, fir- the person you saw that was helping the, the lady through was a journalist and he was out to help this lady who had a child. And it was, it's in the future where nobody had children at all. There had been at least 20 some years and this child was born. And the reason why the child causes everybody to stop is that he was sent to to retrieve the baby, and the baby has been kidnapped by rebels just as the government's opening fire on them. And they grab the baby back from the rebel leader and smuggle him outside under heavy gunfire. And the Bible, the baby here isn't peaceful or quiet. But you see, it caused everyone on both sides to stop. And to create the thing that that world wanted. The point here is that the Savior did, in fact, create a peace and an understanding for us as Christians to walk in the revelation that he is, in fact, just like us. Understanding just where you are at. I mean, you could use the metaphor of the baby crying as what is happening in your world that he is upset about. What is the Christ child upset about in your world? You ever thought about that? Sometimes we look at Jesus to just fix our world, but really, what is he crying about? And in that crying, what peace does he offer to our situations? I'll tell you that for the most part, we can say that Jesus is crying because of what someone else has done to us. And we're good at pointing the finger and saying, you know what, that's so-and-so. That's why Jesus is crying in my life is because, you know, Jeff has been a real jerk to me. My husband has been a real... When really the crying is in your own life and maybe Jesus is crying over you. It's easy to point the finger. It's not so easy to say, what is the Savior crying over me and my situation? What is he able to bring healing to if I would just surrender and sacrifice? And once again, place my expectations not into my own understanding, but into his. Church, It will be 2020. And quite frankly, I'm done with the deans. I'm looking for a whole new world. A church that Jesus has bought and paid for and walks in the light of what he has done.
you know what? Churches aren't perfect. But they are the bride of Christ. And that bride has been bought with his most precious blood. Therefore, us being part of the church, we need to value what he values. It's not just, I'll just, you know, come when I feel like I do things I want to do. Da, 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 da. No, do we value what he values? Do we place the sacrifice that he has placed upon himself for you and I? I'm not talking about a building, I'm talking about people. Now, please hear me. I am not trying to condemn anybody here. I'm just trying to do a left and a right jab, okay? I'm trying to say, boom, let's look at our own lives. But the other fact is, is that there's an answer that all of us crave to have and want. And I'm asking you to go for it. Even in the midst of contradiction, even when it looks sucky and it looks dumb and it looks hurtful and it looks sacrificially, it just looks like, man, I have to give it again. Why is this happening? People don't understand. Listen, I understand that. But I look again at the God of hope who for the joy set before him endured the cross. You and I are called to do some enduring. Because the last word is not what you think you see or feel it's what you believe. Because you will get what you believe. If you believe the world's crappy and that people are crappy, you'll get crappy. But in the midst of contradiction when things are crappy, you believe God is good, that he is working all the time. That he is a way maker, a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness. What do you get from that? You get all of that. Church, in the year 2020, Awakening Church needs to be awake. Awakened to who we are. And what he has given. And value that. Where you hear the baby crying in your life. Where is the pain and contradiction and the disappointment? That's the place that could be a doorway for his peace.